At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. I'm getting this podcast all finished up from the roof. I'm on a job site, so there's no time to, to run back to the, uh, the corner of my basement to record the rest of this. But, I mean, this is real life, real HVAC, right guys? So this is, this is all good for me. And I hope it's all good for you that I'm trying to get this done while I'm working. I hope you guys are enjoying the little micro podcasts I'm putting out just to keep them short and sweet and add some, some good valid information in there. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you guys are enjoying them and I'm, I'm hoping they work out. In the first couple of days or so, I put two, two out in a row, two days in a row. And, and they, both have, they both had about 800 listens within the first, I don't know, 36 to 48 hours. So, I mean... You guys are listening to them, so very, very cool. Thank you. I have a really awesome guest on the podcast today, and I'm I'm so glad I got him on for this interview. His name is Jamie Christensen, okay, and he's a tech out in the Seattle area in Washington, and he was very forthcoming in the interview about his life, his personal struggles, how he, he came from this to that, and how he, he is where he is now. So you guys need to listen up to Jamie because... You could probably pull a lot from the interview. I know there's people out there struggling in their lives daily, okay? And there's people where they want to be, people where they want to be at in life. And Jamie's where he wants to be at. But he went through some struggles to get there. So listen up, guys. Jamie, excellent interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. Coming up now on the HVAC Know It All podcast, and I'm your host, Gary McCready. I think that there's a tool out there that that's underrated. Actually, there's a lot of tools out there that are completely underrated, and one of them is a borescope. Basically, a, a handheld device that has a flexible camera on it that can check in behind things like to check heat exchangers and, and whatnot. And TrueTech Tools has one for sale on their site right now. It's by Klein Tools, so good brand. It's the ET510. It's on sale right now for about 145 bucks, and it's a tool that would come in very, very handy at times when needed. So if you guys are interested, check that out, the ET510 at TrueTech Tools by Klein Tools. And again, you save an additional 8% with promo code KNOWITALL on that product. And again, guys, there's a link for Testo, okay, because TrueTech Tools does not use promo codes for Testo. I have a link. If you guys want it, you guys need it, you can message me, okay, through Instagram, Facebook, or you can email me at gary at hvacknowitall.com, and I always put it in the podcast summary or podcast notes, and you can check there for it as well. Every time I talk about House Call Pro on Facebook, I always get a lot of good feedback from techs saying how they love it, how their company uses it, and, and it's a great platform for dispatching and invoicing, estimating, billing, all that kind of stuff. So I have a landing page set up. They are a sponsor of the podcast, and I mean, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not to be hidden. 
okay but they are doing some good things and helping a lot of companies out in the industry you can just go look at their webpage they got some testimonials and stuff like that but i have a landing page it's housecallpro.com forward slash hvac know it all and if you guys are in the market if you want to bring forth the idea to an owner a manager or if you are a manager or an owner yourself you can look into it that landing page you can have a demo um, you can have a, a free trial and there's a reduced first first month cost if you use the landing page for housecallpro.com forward slash HVAC note I'll check it out guys and let me know what you think and give me some feedback so I had the opportunity to try out the YJ2 5 CFM vacuum pump and I'm not gonna lie the pump works and it works really well it's economical in the fact that it's made in China to compete with the marketplace that has pumps that are less expensive from other manufacturers so YJ wanted to compete in that marketplace it's not taking the place of the bullet or the super evac I hooked it up to my micron gauge and it pulled down to 24 microns was the lowest that got the nameplate states that it's a 25 micron pump, that's the capacity of it, that's how low it can get. It went one micron lower than that during my testing. And I used it on a, uh, a large walk-in cooler condensing unit after a pump down and a repair to pull a vacuum on that and it worked out just fine. And the other thing too, I shut, up, I shut the pump off during the evacuation and I never had any decay. Which is good for the system side, yes, but it also told me the pump is not letting any air back in either. So it passed the test for me. So I'm going to say the YJ2 5CFM is vacuum rated AF, 100%. So if you're in the market for an economical pump, check that one out. And it's been tested to YJ standard. It's gone through a 10-year life accelerated uh, tests. So basically they, they, they do all these kinds of accelerated tests and it's up to 10 years um, accelerated and it hasn't failed yet. It hasn't broke down. I had a co-worker that used Smart Seal External. I gave it to him on Monday. He used it on a, a, a copper to aluminum connection. Okay, and, and it worked. It held 360 PSI. That's all he had left in his nitrogen tank. But it held up and it didn't leak. So, and don't get your panties in a knot. It's not how we fix every leak. We don't use it on installs to, to make our connections. It's for unique repair situations to get yourself out of a jam, buy time for a customer, and having it in your truck is not going to kill you. It's not expensive, and it works. It's been field tested by a bunch of techs, and it works. I had a conversation this week about Nylog, or last week possibly, and I'm like, who... Who hasn't tried Nylog yet? And a lot of techs came forward and said, nope, I haven't tried Nylog yet. One tech came forward and said, what's wrong with oil? Well, there's nothing wrong with oil, but you got to remember, Nylog is made from oil. And it works, in my, my mind, better. It seals leaks better, and it helps to hold a gasket in place better if you're using it on a gasket, because I've used it on lots of different kinds of gaskets, compressor gaskets, whatever. And you put it on the plate, and it stays in place. It's not going to fall off. And I think it seals a leak better once you fasten it down. So anyway, if you haven't tried Nylog yet, it's. I think it's one of the more unique products in the industry. And it helps techs. And like we all say, we put that shit on everything. What's up, Jamie? How you doing tonight, man? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, um, I gotta be, I gotta full disclosure. I told you, but we gotta tell the audience that I left my laptop, um, a good hour and a half away from my house. So we're, we're doing this via cell phone. Well, I usually do it via cell phone anyway, but I don't have all the fancy computer hooked up and can't look up stuff online if we're talking about it. So, uh, that's okay. We'll get, well, we'll, we'll get, I'm on we'll my get it computer done. and I got, I, I got my phone, so if we need to look up anything, that is I'll awesome. handle it. That, that is <laughs> awesome. You can be like the, um, you can be like the, what do you call the, uh, the, the engineer? Producer. The, the producer or audio producer. engineer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, the reason I know you and you know me is, is through Instagram. And, uh, like, yeah. uh, give, give yourself a shout out on your handle. And then if, um, whoever's listening, if they like, they like what we're talking about, they can come give you a follow. You're at, at, is it Northwest underscore HVAC? Correct. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, um, you, uh, you got around, uh, what, five and a half, almost 6,000 followers now. No, I'm almost up to five. I think I'm around forty-seven or forty-eight. Oh, okay. I th- I thought it was more for some reason. I thought it was more. So, so uh, can we can we still talk because I don't have over five thousand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we can. Um, yeah. So, so you 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 like the like I always um, prop up Instagram as being a really good platform for positivity and and uh, text helping each other out. Like even even more so like crossing trades a little bit too. I find even uh, plumbers jump in there, electricians jump in there. I mean, there is there is a little bit of back and forth banter sometimes, but I feel overall it's a very positive platform. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's, I think it's a lot more positive than Facebook. Oh, yeah, um, huge. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of a big reason because like up till about a year ago, when I made my page strictly HVAC, I mean, I was pretty, you know, it was just your average life, you know, dog pics, girlfriend pics, things like that. And um, I never really was in Instagram, it was more Facebook, but then Facebook kind of started getting under my skin. I mean, it just was a lot of negativity. And then, you know, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to just make my page an HVAC page and just focus on my job. And I honestly... I didn't even expect to get as many followers as I did. You know what I mean? I think when I, when I originally started the page, I, I probably had somewhere around 500 followers and it was just about a year ago when I, when I made it an HVAC page and like it's grown. I mean, I think in a year, 40, you know, 500 followers is, is pretty big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why do you, why why do you think your your followers rapidly grew like that? Do you think because you you made it an HVAC strictly page or like how, how do you think that happened? I I I think it was a lot of that because I know as the more I use Instagram, the more I know how it works. And Instagram is kind of set up for like specific things because people follow you for HVAC. Or if you had a motocross page, you know what I mean. You're posting mainly motocross, and and people follow you because they're interested in that topic you know what i mean correct, or correct yeah. they might be interested in 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 that and you know you post some cool personal stuff you know what i mean i mean i've i've followed people that post both 
or more personal than HVAC, but I like the person. I mean, I feel like we spent a lot of time, you know, promoting our pages and posting stuff. And, and I mean, I feel pretty close with a lot of guys online that I've never actually met in person. Oh, it's, yeah. It's kind of a trip. <laughs> it, it, it is. And I've, I've talked about this with people that it seems that reality, like in full disclosure, like I feel like I'm better friends with some people online than I am in real, like real physical life <laughs> because it yeah. just, it's just like, and, and I always say like that, that's why online dating works because you find interests, um, between people and you, you kind of have this spark, like, yeah, I'm interested in that too. Let's talk about it. I'll help you. You help me, whatever. Right. And And I can see how this online dating thing has has taken off and skyrocketed because you really get to know people. Um, and especially if people are very open and honest about their life, you get to see kind of who they are. And, and then if you don't like them, you don't follow them. Right. And if, if you do like them, you continue to follow them. Okay. So I guess we got to start out with you being um, in HVAC first of all, and, and then obviously growing within the trade and wanting to start your own page and stuff. But how, how did you get into the trade first off? How did that all happen? So um, I was in high school and I think it was like my senior year in high school, I was in a class for AutoCAD drafting. And like, I was really good at AutoCAD drafting. I, I liked the class. And so I was actually going to go to school. I, I got a recruiter from Universal Technical Institute in Phoenix, I met up with him and I fully plan on going to school, to this trade school for AutoCAD drafting. And we were sitting down at my kitchen table and he's like, he's like, do you really want to sit on a computer for eight hours a day? And I'm like, and, you know, I'm a young kid. I mean, I didn't think that far ahead. I'm like, you know what? No, actually I, I don't. And he's like, well, what, what do you think about, refrigeration and air conditioning and you know when i was growing up i always had this fascination with how a, a refrigerator worked you know what i mean at that moment in time i thought we made cold air i'm like how do you make cold air i mean i was really interested in it and so when he brought that up it just was like a light bulb went off and so i went and i got signed up to go to um hvac school down in phoenix um so I did, I got my associate, associate's degree from Universal Technical Institute. They basically condensed two years into one year of school and you're going full time. So, you know, I, I went to school full time. I worked full time while I was down in Arizona. That was back in 2001, 2002. Um, when I graduated and I came back to um, I already had a job offer from a place that is about 30, 40 minutes north of me up in Burlington for this company. And so I went and worked for them and I'm, I'm so green at this point. You know what I mean? I've never done anything really electrical or refrigeration or anything. Um, and they were a residential light commercial company. I worked for them. I think I worked for them for about a year. Um, maybe a year and a half and it, it, it was cool. I mean, I, I kind of, I was kind of lucky. I didn't really ride around with somebody for a long period of time. I mean, I rode around with my 
senior tech for, I mean, I feel like it was only like maybe two weeks a month and they put me in a van and then I was just out on my own. Yeah. How, you know did, what I how, mean? how, did, and, that, how did that feel being out on your own that early? Uh, it was very intimidating. And I'm talking to a lot of new guys on Instagram and stuff like that, like in people that I know in my circle here, like that doesn't happen a lot. I mean, a lot of people like it takes them a long time to get a van and kind of get out of your, on your own. And, and that kind of just worked like that my entire career. It seemed like every company I went and worked for, I mean, I was just right in the, the trenches taking grenades, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I worked for that company for a little bit. I was, and, and I'm going to go into kind of a little bit of a personal stretch here um but so i was young you know when i came back from college all my friends you know they got into you know painkillers party and stuff like that so when i came back i started kind of getting into that too and so my hvac career kind of took a back seat and i started veering off of that path you know what i mean and i got myself into trouble some pretty serious trouble um, you know, so you, in this about four or five year stretch, I mean, I was in and out of jobs. I was, you know, really addicted to painkillers. Um, HVAC was just not, it was just a way of getting money to get loaded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me ask you and, a question. Let me ask you a question. Did you have, did you have your own place at this point or were you living like with your parents? Like, did you have like a rent mortgage or anything like that at that point? So on that first job out of school, I lived with my parents. Okay. But after I started kind of getting money, me and my brother got an apartment together, you know, so that you add that into the pot, you know, living on your own, partying, you know, a lot of people listening probably have been down the same path. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I got into a lot of trouble. I mean, I was stealing just the typical addict behavior um you know did some jail time blah 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 fast forward to um i was about 27 years old so before i started getting into trouble and then while i was in that trouble those trouble years i probably gained you know i would say roughly about four years experience and so fast forward to 27 years old i'm looking at prison time i got into this program called drug court where you do this drug court stuff. You get this charge dropped. You don't go to prison. Life's good. So I did that for a year and that was a really tough program, but I did it, got that last charge dropped. Um, I was cleared. I was off paper as they say. And so now I started digging back into getting back into HVAC and I had some charges. They crime, they call them crimes of dishonesty. So you know, theft and things like that. Um, and, and it was, it was scary because I knew at this moment in time, like the program of, you know, narcotics and arms and stuff they teach you, it's like, you gotta be honest, you gotta be honest, you know? And so when I started applying for jobs, I mean, it was like a big thing. It was like, you know, when I asked you, have you been convicted of a felony or this and that? Like you want to say no, because, you know how society is. And once you say yes, it's like, you're probably not going to get the job. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. I just told myself, I'm going to be open and honest with everybody. 
and the right job will come along. So I got, I did that. I got a job at um, a non-union company. Um, and so I worked for them for about 18 months. And, and, and that was about 2011, 2012. So I had gotten clean in 2010. I did some odd jobs and stuff like that before I got back into HVAC. So what, and what, in that time, what, what helped you? Like, sorry to cut you off. What helped you pull yourself out of that, like that spiral in the wrong direction? Like what brought you out of it? Did you just realize or did someone help you? Like, how'd that all happen? Well, I mean, my parents, my parents were, were always, you know, they're trying to get me back on the right path. That's good. But really when it comes down to addicts, you know what I mean? You've got to want it for yourself. Yeah. Like nobody can get you clean. Nobody can do it for you. Um, and I just made that decision. Like, I don't want to, I always felt that I was destined for a great life. And so I just, and me, I'm pretty extreme. So when I make a decision or put my mind to something, like I'm 110%. So, you know, I did everything they tell you. I did meetings, I did step work, I got a sponsor, I sponsored people. I did a lot of service work for five, six years in the program. And I was doing HVAC at this point, um, non-union, but I had applied for the union back in 2008, 2009 when the crash happened. So they weren't accepting new apprentices. So I just was doing, you know, this job, they were residential light commercial. Um, and, and then I got the call from the union and I was like, you know, it's when the union calls you to go to work, you typically don't get the two weeks to put in your, you know, your current employer. You kind of just got to let them know and you go because that's just how it works. So I got called, went to work, union, um, and the first union gig I had, I mean, it's, it's intimidating because now you're in a whole another echelon of the industry, you know, bigger stuff. When you come from residential, you go into commercial, like the stuff you see is still the same. It still has the same basic principles of refrigeration and electricity it always works the same it's just on a bigger stage and you get intimidated you know what i mean yeah um and and then so when i got into the union they gave me they gave me some credit for experience they gave me it took me in as a third year apprentice um they they told me well take you in as a third year apprentice you'll have third year pay but we want you to do our full five-year apprenticeship program and i said Okay, whatever, that's fine with me. So I started their apprenticeship first, second year, and like it was really, really basic stuff that I've, you know, been through. And I basically just helped out the other classmates, you know what I mean? Because they were like really green into the trade and didn't have any field experience. So, I mean, that's what I did. And then, and then next thing I know, the union, my, my service manager at the time was like, Hey, you know, he talked to me about a job that day and, and he, he's like, Oh, and congratulations. I'm like, for what? And he goes, Oh, they're turning you out. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And then they, they, they turned me into a journeyman, turned me out. And then nothing really changed in my career because at that point I already had quite a few years of experience. And 
so my job really didn't change. It was just my pay. Can, can I ask you and, what, when you say they're, they're turning you out. So they just made the decision one day to make you a journeyman. Is, is that how it works? Well, you got to have the hours. Okay. So once you get the hours, but where it got confusing for me is when they, when they said I got to do their full five years, I was expecting basically the point I would get, I would be in, you know, third or fourth year of their apprenticeship but making journeyman wages. So I would be a journeyman, but doing apprenticeship classes. And then they turned me out and I asked them at the hall, I said, well, if you're going to turn me out, why didn't you put me in like fourth and fifth year school? Because then you're actually working on chillers and VRFs and VAVs and stuff like that. And they said, well, we've done that before and people kind of crash and burn. And I said, okay, I can understand that. Um, you know, and then, and, and I love the commercial side of things. I mean, the company, I mean, a lot of you guys listening know that I just made a huge decision and switched companies, but this company I worked for, I mean, it was a smaller union company and I was able to work on so many different pieces of equipment that I probably never would have in that amount of time at say a bigger shop. So, I mean, I was super blessed to work at this place. Um, you know, and, and I, it was my, so when I got into the union, I worked for a company for like a month and a half. And then I was, I kind of got off track, but I was trying to, I was going to say this about it because I never been in the, the union. So I was super intimidated with it. I didn't know how the union worked. All I, all I ever heard was, you know, apprentices kind of getting treated like crap and, you know, all that stuff. And, and that happened to me. I remember on a job, um, I was going down to help this journeyman service guy kind of get back on track. And so in our union, the sheet metal workers union, you got two sides of the union. You have the sheet metal workers who are the ductwork guys, installers, and then you have us service guys that are like, we're kind of like the redheaded stepchild of our <laughs> why is, local. Really? Why is that? Because the numbers, the numbers for service guys are, are very low compared to the sheet metal workers really? on construction jobs and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a pretty one sided. So I, I just want to, I just want to um, throw, throw, throw this out there. So service and install. So, I mean, and sorry to take you off track here, but in, install I find is is going to be cool and very very busy and very demanding when the economy is at like a is at like a peak. But if the economy starts to dip and people are saving money, they're not spending um, service. Things are always still going to break in a bad economy, but people are going to mm-hmm. decide not to install the AC this year. Maybe I'll wait a couple more years. Ah, I might not be cooling that well, but I, I'm going to save my money for a couple of years until we get, get out of this pinch. So for me, service, like when we went through that, that, uh, little rip tide there, ripple in 2008, I don't know how bad it was. It was pretty bad in the U S I know that, but and it affected us up in Canada yeah. as well, but not, not as bad. Um, but we still felt the effects and install mm-hmm. install was down, but I kept working because things kept breaking and things, kept needed to be fixing anyway that that's just my take on yeah. in, install versus do install and learn it yeah but i'd say for job security 
and for the hours and the work, I think service is the way to eventually go. Yeah, I and I totally agree. And I and I've actually worked with a handful of sheet metal workers that have switched over from sheet metal to the service side of things. And then I, I've talked to a lot of sheet metal workers that are like, "Man, I should have gotten this service." So they're kind of at a point in their career where they're pretty committed to what they've been doing, you know, banging tin and stuff like that. Um, and but they, I think a lot of them regret not getting into service. You know what I mean? And they probably didn't know, you know, they're probably like, I don't know anything about it, but I can swing a hammer and, you know, hang some ductwork, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm super glad I did service because honestly, my entire career, I mean, I've done installs here and there, but it's not a big part of my career. My main career has been service and maintenance and preventative maintenance. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm super blessed with how my career has been, but you know, I'm even more blessed to be where I'm at today because of where I came from. Yes. Um, I agree with that. You know, that's, that's a hard rut to get out of, you know what I mean? And so, you know, and I, I've got, I'll have nine years this November, no drinks, no drugs, nothing. And my life couldn't be better. You know what I mean? I got to commend you for um, that because you, you uh, made the decision to drag yourself out of that. And a lot of people don't. And a lot of people stay in that position and they uh, they don't get out of it. And a lot of times <laughs> their life is terrible or they, they pass away from overdoses or whatever. And I mean, you, you made it through that, man. So I commend you for it. Yeah. And you, and you bring up a good point because I did, and I just want to, put this out here because you know, this is my truth. You know what I mean? But like I lost, I lost my older brother to an overdose when I only had about 14 months clean. And, um, and, and me, you know, people like me, like you can get through anything clean if you really want to, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that was kind of one of the things that really, kicked me into gear of turning my life around because I didn't want to end up in a prison and I didn't want to die. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I mean, and it's just, it's just part of what happened. You know what I mean? It's life. Things happen and, and, you know, it doesn't get any easier. You just kind of learn to live with things like that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will, you know, relate to losing a loved one, whether it's to an overdose or some kind of addiction or just losing people in general, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to let that stuff, you know, make your fate. You know what I'm saying? Like you can grieve, but you can also persevere and get over anything that life throws at you. If you really buckle down and, and, and put the right foot forward and just, you just, keep doing what's right and know that things are going to eventually get better. And they do. Sometimes it takes a long time, but they do get better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Life, life, no matter what happens in life to the people around you, life is still going to go on for yourself and you can either sit and, and feel pity or you can, you can put yourself up, bring yourself up, put yourself up on a pedestal and say, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to accomplish this stuff and good for you. Cause you did it. Yeah, and like, you know, and, and you're, my brother don't want to 
see me not persevere and do positive things in my life. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, of course it's hard, like, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. So, but I was lucky enough that could have, I could have went either way when that happened. You know what I mean? I could have went right back into the negative side, but I just kept pushing forward and, you know, and, and continued on my HVAC path and stuff like that. So, uh, but anyway, let, we'll get back on the HVAC stuff. Um, you know, so, so I worked for the company I just left for about a little over five years, you know what I mean? And, and the first three and a half ish years were great. You know what I mean? I, I loved working there. I loved getting up and going to work every day. Um, worked on a lot of cool stuff, but over the last year and a half, it, it, it kind of, you, you know, thing people started leaving good, solid employees started leaving for whether they went to a different couple of them left for a different career. People left for uh, the different companies. I mean, you knew something was, was wrong. You know what I mean? And I, and I am a very outspoken person and I try to be as respectful as possible. Like my best interests are for the company as a whole, not, not personal, you know what I mean? And so I would bring up issues and, and, you know, they kind of like, yeah, 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 we'll work on it, but nothing ever happens. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, and I just, I, I kind of got to the point where I felt like I was just beating a dead horse and I just kept getting the lip service. And I didn't think that I was going to better my career by staying there. You know what I mean? Um, so can I like ask I'm really you big what? in Sorry, man. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you, like, what sort of things were the issues? Like, like what, what sort of things that you did not like? What sort of things were you speaking out against and that didn't change? Just because I know there's, there's other techs listening that are possibly in the same boat where they want to see their company get better because they enjoy working there. But the managers or the owners or whoever is in charge are just not hearing it. So what sort of things were, were problematic? So the first thing that that sticks on my head is is my my ex boss had fired our service manager for reasons that I do not agree with being a fireable offense, but it's not my company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then we hired on a couple we went through a couple people who were quote unquote service manager, but they definitely were not a service manager. You know, there, one guy was a sales counter guy, um, didn't have any field experience. He didn't know how to bid jobs. I mean, he was just not a service manager. And then, so then, you know, you go through those two people, um, you know, you're kind of waiting like, Hey, are we going to get a service manager? And, you know, no, oh yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking. It went from, I'm looking to, no, I don't think we need one. Let me ask you this. Did you ever, did you ever raise your hand and say, what about me? No, I didn't. No? At that point, I, I did not want to do oh, okay. service because being so it's a little tricky situation, too, because being in the union, most most office people are non-union. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. And I know you could probably work something out to where you could be a service manager, but still stay in the union. I don't know how that would work. But at that time, I just didn't feel like I was willing to take on that or that responsibility or if I was even qualified to do that, you know what I mean? Um, 
and then we have we also have a buddy of mine actually that I know personally. He works there, and he's like their lead guy. And I honestly, I would have, I brought up the towards the end. I I was like, why don't you put in Jared? What, what about Jared? I would talk to Jared about becoming a service manager, and that's kind of his dilemma. He's like, well, yeah, I I would do it, but I want to stay union, and I don't know if that would really marry well. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, um, but not having a service manager, and it went from we're looking to not, we're not hiring one. And he asked me, you know, my boss asked me, like, why do you need a service manager? And I said, well, you know, technical help. Um, you know, he's a medium between field guys in the office. I mean, there's, you know, those are just a couple of the reasons that I thought of right off the, the bat. And he said, well, what do you do when you have a, a problem in the field? And I said, well, I'll use if I can't, you know, say there's not a wiring diagram, I'll, I'll Google this unit and try to find a wiring diagram or whatever the literature I'm looking for. If that, if I can't find the answer that way, then I'll start calling technicians. And if technicians didn't answer, then I would call the service manager. He's like, well, you basically answered your own question. And I said, well, yeah, in that, in that example, I mean, yeah, you don't really need a service manager because back in the day when I first got in the trade, you know, I didn't have a cell phone. I had that Nextel two-way radio telephone. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have seen those, the older dudes. Oh, yeah. That's um, what I had, two-way radio. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and we had the Thomas guide for, you know, getting around. I mean, you're looking on this page, and then you got to flip to the back of the book to get the next page. You're driving. You're trying not to crash. And I mean – we have it so good nowadays with technology and GPS and smartphones. Like it's, it's totally completely different than when I got into the trade. Oh, you hu- know? Huge. Imagine, so, imagine rewinding back and, and starting off and, and going back to a, a two way radio and a, and a map book. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just light years above. And then the people before us that are say a couple generations older when they were in it, they didn't have even cell phones. Like they, they got in a, in a pinch, you know, they, they couldn't even call anybody. I mean, you're probably just tracing out wire for wire, you know, um, trying to figure stuff out. I mean, you're not getting a hold of a manufacturer, getting a PDF file sent to your email. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy to me to think about where it was just when I was in the field. I mean, it's been about 18 years now. Um, so the service manager was one, um, the, it was kind of getting chaotic with dispatching and everything was an emergency. And so let's say, for example, everybody's on this job and everybody's busy. And then a call comes in that, you know, it's not that I wouldn't consider it an emergency, but everything was an emergency. And instead of just saying, Hey, we don't have a guy to get there today, but we can get you first thing in the morning. They would, you know, it would just become a very chaotic situation where they're trying to pull me off of this job and then pull this guy off of this job. We're switching jobs. And then you're putting this guy on the service call and everybody's getting pulled and put on other jobs to finish what other people were doing. And, and I understand being a service guy, there's definitely times when that needs to happen, but when it's on a, a daily basis, it just, it's just very chaotic and 
And I mean, I could talk about those type of issues for quite some time, but I'm not going to get into it, but just know that it got really, really chaotic and a pretty negative environment, um, kind of just negative tension. Like it used to be fun to go in the office and see people. And it got to the point where you go in there and you can just tell other people were very unhappy office people union workers i mean wherever it is it just was not a good positive environment anymore and so i put in my two weeks because i was unhappy i put in my two weeks and he didn't want to lose me so he gave me some incentives to stay and i said okay i'll i'll you know my boss was very he's a very big on giving people second chances so i'm like okay i'll stay but i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you two months and you know, and so let me back up. One other thing, we never, we probably had two service meetings a year and being in the service department and things are constantly changing. Like you need to kind of meet up. I, I would say at the least once a month mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and that wasn't happening. Every other company I worked for would have service meetings every week, every yeah. two weeks, yeah. you know, and and I feel like that keeps all the guys, the crew on the same page, you know what I mean? And you keep jobs up in the front of your mind. You're like, hey, where are you at with that? I'm on this, all that stuff. And that wasn't happening. And so when we would have our service meetings, everything was great for, you know, a week or two. But then it slowly trickles down and gets back to normal where, like, nobody's communicating, you know, and it, and it just wasn't working anymore. So I put in my two weeks. He gave me some some incentives to stay, and I said, "Okay, but I'm on on this stipulation. I'm gonna give you two months, and if things if I don't see any positive changes in two months, then I'm out." And I gave him ten weeks. I came back from my vacation to Maui, and it was literally I had that big. I don't know if some of you guys remember, but I it was that O six E compressor on that carrier I replaced. That job was supposed to be all scheduled and stuff for that the next day I came back and it was it wasn't it. The people who were supposed to schedule the crane were like, No, I thought this person was doing it and it was just right back into nobody communicating and I just was done at that point. Yeah, I would lose I, 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 I lose my, my mind. When communication breaks down between office and, and the, the field, I, I, I lose my mind. I I, I don't like yeah. it either. Yeah, and that's and and that was just the last straw. Like over the year and a half to two years, I mean, that happened over and over and over on a daily, weekly basis, and that was the last straw. And so I called him up. I put in my two weeks, and obviously he wasn't happy. Um, but I had so so how I got to Holmberg, where I'm at now. So the 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 building that they occupy. I, my company actually does the HVAC maintenance there Mm -hmm. and that building that they're in, that was actually my first building I did on my own, converting all the VAVs from pneumatic controls to DDC. And so I know that building in and out and the, the suite that they occupy was actually a different tenant. And then they took over and I was actually just doing a service call in that suite. And then um, the service manager 
he he asked, he's like, hey man, you know, and he, he started small talking and stuff. He's asking me what I was doing and and he just asked me if I ever thought about leaving. And I said, you know, not, I mean, not really. I mean, they have their problems, but I'm pretty loyal. And then I thought we were done at that point. Um, and then he got my phone number somehow and he calls me and he's like, he's like, Hey, uh, we never finished our conversation. I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking to myself, like, I thought we did. <laughs> and he just, you know, and so he wanted to meet up and have coffee. And so we did. And, and then that kind of started the ball rolling. But like at that time, I was still very nervous about leaving because I've been here for over five years. I've got a lot of seniority. I pretty much could do whatever I wanted as long, you know, as long as I do my job. And it was, I thought about it for three about three months, you know what I mean? And finally when that that compressor job kind of went to, to shit and I put in my two weeks, I called them and I was like, I want to come over. And then, so I made the, the, the move and I mean, it's only been a month and a half-ish, but, you know, I have there, so at this place, they're very established in, construction and mechanical they're they're a company that has a contract with plumbers and pipe fitters sheet metal workers and so you you you're going to a shop where you're mixing with fitters and plumbers and hvac guys and my biggest concern going to this job was because being in the union i've heard all these horror stories of fitters and reefer guys in the plumbers and pipe fitters union not getting along with HVAC guys because this really doesn't happen in the service world because service world is we do reefer and we do plumbing and we do HVAC and it's all of our work. But when you're on a construction site, it's like union. It's like, this is your work. This is your work. This is your work. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so that's what I was worried about. I didn't want to come over and, and, and start getting people pissed off because I'm, I'm doing reefer piping and that's their work. You know what I mean? Like that's when it comes down to plumbers and pipe fitters and sheet metal workers, really it's the reefer piping where the trouble comes because they say it's their work. We say it's our work. You know, it's one of those things. Um, but so far, I mean, I haven't ran into any problems. Everybody here has been super cool. Um, I'm basically here helping them build an HVAC service department and right now I I I get saying everything and that wasn't happening at my old company you know what I mean like I would come up with ideas whether they would have been better or not you know they it was just it was just my boss's way or the highway he never would listen to anybody else's opinion or ideas and it wasn't working uh we were losing clients we're losing jobs and he just kind of is hard-headed and he's a great guy but he just I just don't think he realized what he was doing or he had too much pride to admit that like he's wrong yeah and here at at my new company my current service manager he he's involved in me in everything I mean he wants my opinion I'm helping him come up with forms I'm helping him come up with procedures my van is like the guinea pig van where like 
they've never had a, a, a micro van for this company. They're always full size construction yeah. rigs. You know what I mean? So they're thinking, you know, we're not getting you a small van. I'm like, if you want to run a successful service company in downtown Seattle and Bellevue, you're going to want a small service van to get in the tight parking spaces because parking is a pain. We can get into most garages. I mean, it's, it's just what you need. And so I got to, you know, get this van, come up with a tool list, order the tools. I'm set. I'm still kind of in the phase of setting up my van, but they're using me as like here moving forward. This is the tool we're going to use. This is the van we're getting. And obviously I, you can't really tell people how to set up their vans. Um, but cause everybody kind of has their van set up how they like it, but, but you're set, you're just setting the basis of the tools and things like that. Um, and it's just super cool to be, you know, I feel like valued here. I feel like my opinion matters and I wasn't getting that at my old company. And, um, but like right now, it's really tough because I miss doing all the service calls and the maintenance like I was at my old company. And I knew what I was giving up and that kind of played into my decision of why it was so hard because I knew I was going to go into uncharted territories with a successful construction company and a little bit of service, but their service was like sending construction guys on a service call. You know what I mean? And, and construction guys and service guys have, a completely different way really of going about things. You know what I mean? They're really rough and in and out and service guys are like, well, why did this happen? You know, they think about finding the root cause of a problem so it doesn't happen again. Construction guys are kind of like scruffy and dirty and they're kind of like, oh yeah, that's, that's the problem. And they don't really do any checks to double check. They actually fix the problem. You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, all that played into my decision, but ultimately, you know, I told a lot of guys because I had a lot of feedback from my video that I posted about it because I know a lot of people was curious because I didn't, I didn't post anything about what was going on on my page because I just didn't want to, I don't want to make my previous company look bad. You know what I mean? Uh, I wasn't sure what I was doing and I just wanted to focus on my job. And, and that, that's kind of what it got down to. I would just do my job and I just want to get home. You know what I mean? And, and then, you know, it kind of affected my personal life and, you know, um, Oh, and then another thing, Gary, why I wanted to leave is because I wasn't getting any training and I was, I'm really big on training. Um, the union offers training, but there's a lot of training that, the contractors have to get you in, you know, like a factory Mitsubishi class or a factory LG VRF class or VFD class, stuff, stuff like that. And, you know, they weren't doing it and I knew it was out there. And I mean, I've paid for my own classes when I, when really my boss should have paid for it, but that's, that's the steps that I'm willing to do because I know I want to be the best tech I can be. So if I have to pay $200 for a class that I want to do, even though I'm, I shouldn't have to, I'm going to, because that's what I want for my career. I want to be well-educated. I want to be factory trained on this or that. And, 
you know, and, and I wasn't getting that. And the, the crazy thing is my current employer, he already had me scheduled into a VFD class for Yaskawa to get factory trained on starting those drives up before I even actually started at this company. That's great. So, you know, that just showed me that they're willing to invest in me and, you know, and, and that's, that's it. Man, there's so, there's so much great training out there. And if you don't take advantage of it, I mean, you're just going to be stale and you're just going to, you're not going to, you're not going to advance. And like there, there's, I heard about um, Fleer does a training. I, I, you know what? How do you pronounce that? Like the, you know the, the thermal image camera. Is it Fleer or Fleur? How do you pronounce it? <laughs> I think it's Fleer. Okay. Well, anyway, I I heard about a training course or several different ones that they put on, and I heard they're really really insightful. Like how you can use um, one of their thermal cameras. You can, and there's one strictly for HVAC. How you can put it like shine or shine point, whatever at a condenser coil. And if it's leaking, you can actually see the point of where it's leaking because it, it gets cold there because the gas is expanding as it leaves the, uh, the leak site and it actually cools down. Mm-hmm. So if you're shining, um, a thermal camera there, uh, you can pick that up. That's one of the things that I heard that, that they, they kind of go through on the training. I mean, I wouldn't even think, if I was holding a camera, I wouldn't even think about that in my head until somebody told me, I'm like, that, that is so true. Like, man, and that, that's where training comes yeah. in because people, people that are experts on their subject, they teach you things that maybe, yeah, you, you understand, but you don't know until they tell you. And then like, you're like, damn, and then a switch goes off and then you're just, you're just off to the races. So I, I totally agree with you on that. That training is, training is, uh, is super good to get. And I and I invest a lot of personal time in training too. You know what I mean? Like I've I've bought a ton of books, and you know, since this whole job transition happened, I mean, I just have a lot of stuff going on with that. And personally, my fiance's pregnant. We're oh, gonna get congrats. married. I mean, I just congrats. I have. Thank you, thank you. I have so much good stuff happening in my life. Like I haven't had a lot of time to to read and stuff like that. But a lot of times, I mean, I'm always reading usually in my books, you know what I mean? It, I just, I, I spend a lot of my personal time in there and my girlfriend or my fiance. See, I'm not even used to referring to her as a fiance <laughs> yeah. yet because it's so, yeah, it's, it's hard, it's man. So wait new. till, wait till she's your wife. It's, that's, that's even harder to say my wife. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I, and I love her and, and stuff, but you know, us, us being in a technical trade and she doesn't want to hear about me talk about HVAC. Like no. she'll, she'll say, how's your day or what happened? And then, you know, and you're like, cool. And you start talking about it, but then you immediately see the light shut off and you're just like, yeah, like they don't know. And I get it. I get it. And I think that goes back to why we're so close with people on Instagram is because we're in the field and we all have the same interests. And when I talk about this or that they understand and they engage and stuff like that and right. nobody in my personal life cares yeah exactly they don't <laughs> it's like when you go <laughs> when you go to a party and meet another hvac guy you're like you become instant best friends yeah it's it's a it's a it's a great field and instagram has been a great uh platform and um you know i kind of i kind of feel bad for 
you know, my followers on my page because I haven't been able to post a lot of technical stuff. And, you know, it's not because I don't want to. It's just because I haven't really got to it. And another thing, too, is you're starting with a new company. And I've had a few service calls, but I haven't really posted much about it because, you know, the, the stuff that I've posted in the past, I might post about one service call, but I did five or six in that day because a lot of times I don't think I'm not that guy to have my phone on me all the time while I'm working. You're not going to see me holding my phone, trying to screw something in with one hand or, you know, that type of stuff. Like I don't do that. I don't Mm -hmm. think about recording a lot. Um, I usually record or take a picture you know, when I think about it or like the video thing, I tried the GoPro stuff and that was cool, but you know, I was running into, it was like another, another bag to carry. You know what I mean? It's another tool to grab and remember and set up. And like, I want to get back into it, but I started kind of getting out of it because, you know, like what you guys do, like you do, you spend a lot of time doing podcasts, editing those, the videos, the quality videos you put out, I know that's not like you're just shooting and posting it. I mean, it takes a lot of time to edit those and put in the words and music and things like that. And I respect that about people. But like right now, I just, I don't want to invest that much time into making videos. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I got you, man. But, but you do, before we, we, uh, we head out, you do have, um, some, some shirts that I seen you, uh, posting and i think you had like a, a pre-order open and they were like um made in the u.s and all that can you want to talk about those for a sec oh yeah we can talk about that um for sure so i started my other page is blue collar crew nw so um i had to put the nw for northwest because somebody else already had blue collar crew okay um that handle but so that was one thing that I've always wanted to do, this was way before Instagram, but I always wanted to do like clothing, like some kind of clothing line, half t-shirts, hoodies, whatever. But I never put any time into it. And then as your page is growing, like you just started your, you know, you got your gear, you know, you got a website, like it kind of just comes with the territory. You know what I mean? Like people were messaging me like, Hey, you should do t-shirts, you should do hats, you know what I mean, blah, blah, blah. And so it all kind of came about, and I wanted to offer, you know, I mean, it's blue collar or tradesmen. I wanted to offer USA-made gear. So the t-shirts are 100% USA-made. That that t-shirt that you're talking about, that is literally like that's the first official blue collar crew t-shirt that I made. I designed it. I, you know, did all the files. I did the editing and it was all my idea. I'm super proud of that shirt. It actually did even better than I thought it would. Nice. Um, so I'm currently trying to get half made. It's just, I've ran into quite a few roadblocks with you know that kind of stuff. It's actually was surprising how hard it is. It's it's not it's not easy. Good. Like I, the, the way I do it, I do it quite <laughs> simple, so I don't really touch anything. I just have a third party print company. Um, basically, I do mock up designs and throw a logo on a t- shirt or a hat, and then when the order comes in, they they ship it out to the person. 
Um, so this, this, cool. this, this is an experimental thing right now uh, because I'd like to get into it a little bit further and also like you design my own logos and, and mm-hmm. just step up the quality over time. But you got to start somewhere. So I just thought I'd start um, with a very simplistic, simplistic logo that I had designed and throw it onto simple hats and simple shirts and, and see how it goes and kind of learn that a little bit. And then as I learn it and, and progress, then it can, it can escalate and get better and the quality will get better. And, and that's awesome that you sat down and, and you designed that thing from scratch yourself. Like, and you did up like a vector file and all that you produced that yourself. Yeah, and that's and that I was gonna talk on that real quick is you know because like for a lot of my stickers I I was paying other designers to you know they're they're all the stickers I have are my ideas I just didn't know how to get them into those files yeah. to get made into yeah. stickers or whatever that's so right. I was paying people and finally you know I was just like man like I could just buy Adobe Illustrator and learn that program and not pay people to do it. Even though these, a lot of these artists are a lot better than me, so they can come up with a lot better stuff. But the basic logos and things like that for that t-shirt, that was all me. I designed it. I made the logo. You know, I sat and watched videos to learn Adobe and Adobe is a crazy program. There is so much stuff you can do on it. And, so now I'm kind of into being in the graphic design and, and things like that. So hopefully I can come up with all my own designs. I can, you know, come with new t-shirts and, and hats and things like that. And maybe do logos for people one day. Like right now, I mean, I can do some logos. It would, it's not any, I'm not no artist, but I can do, I know enough about Adobe where I could, come up with some pretty cool stuff you know what i mean so i'm i'm with the baby coming and I'm, i always wanted some other stream of revenue coming in besides my age of that career because who doesn't want more income you know what i mean it's just whether i make 200 dollars in a month or 500 dollars in a month i mean it's more money than i had that's the way i look at it you know what i mean exactly um, so yeah, if you guys want to check it out, it's Blue Collar Crew NW. That's I mean I have the link to my store on my HVAC page and on my Blue Collar page. Um, you know, and I just I the the, the American made. I wanted to offer you know high quality T-shirts especially because I have paid twenty five thirty dollars for shirts that were not good quality, and I'm sure a lot of people listen listening you know are probably tired of buying a t-shirt and it's really thin and it wears out after you wash it a couple times you know what i mean and i just yeah they're a little expensive but everybody who's bought one has been super happy with the quality like you get that shirt and you can feel that it's quality but also i ran into with the usa made stuff is it's a lot harder than people think to find USA made clothing and stuff like I, I want to do hoodies and I contacted the guy I deal with for t-shirts and, and I was like, how much are, you know, the hoodies? And he's like, the USA made hoodies are going to give you sticker shock. And I'm like, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. And, and they're, 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 they're as much money as I would buy on from somebody's store or whatever, whatever that is, you know, they charge as much 
as I would pay for a printed sweatshirt, and then I still have to make a profit. You know that's, what I'm that, saying? That's right. Yeah. And and so it's tough, and I'm really I'm really struggling with you know that the the, the sweatshirts for how much they are. I mean, I don't I don't want to get stuck with a bunch of expensive inventory because I get it. It's what I would have to charge is is you know, a decent amount. I mean, it's 60, 65 bucks just to make a little bit of a profit. And a lot of people are not going to, they don't give a shit where it was made. They're not going to pay that for a sweatshirt, but there is people out there that will pay for it. So I was, if I do it, I'll probably do it on a pre-order basis. But right now I, I'm pretty happy with, I can offer it hundred percent USA made t-shirts that are printed by union members and long sleeves and the quality is good. And the hats that I have are, you know, the, and hats, the USA made hats. I haven't found one, but the hats that I have are assembled in the U.S. with outsourced material. Mm-hmm. That is the best that I can do right now. Oh, hat, you know what I mean? hats, man. I, I'm telling yeah, I, I've looked into hats too. And, and, and all the, most of the hats are coming from like China. It, that's, that's really yeah. hard to, to get away from. So. Yeah, so, you know, but so as of right now, that's what it's going to be, you know what I mean? The designs, the patches, the t-shirts, the long sleeves, those are all 100% USA made, printed by union members. Um, but moving forward, I might have to kind of change my business plan, you know what I mean? Because I wanted to start this blue collar store with just all American made stuff, but it might not be as feasible as I thought, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, best of luck on that. And and I know, like, I you brought up Adobe Illustrator. I've downloaded it, and I'm pretty sure that I paid for a subscription. And all I've done yep. is had a chance to stare at it. I open it up, I stare at it. <laughs> One of my kids comes crying, or they need something, or you know what I mean. Then I close the laptop, and I don't see it again. And and it's just, it's it's gonna it's gonna be one of those things that that, that take time and 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 progress. But I'm I'm not in a rush for that, so so I can. I mean, well, my my biggest piece of advice because I got dogs, you know, I get it. Like, I don't get a lot of downtime to do this type of stuff. But you know, there there's a place called Udemy, I think they say it, but it's U D E M Y. You can basically learn anything you want from that site. So you might want to check it out because I I paid fifteen bucks and they give you a bunch of training on Adobe and it's very. Um, very good training. It's, you know, you're seeing what person is clicking and where they're clicking and that has helped me. You know what I mean? but That's, cool. That's cool. I know we've probably been talking for a while. Um, and I hope we touched on enough HVAC stuff, but you know, without having a topic, it's kind of hard to stay on it. So maybe, you know, down the road, I mean, we could do a podcast on a specific topic. I would really, I'd really like that. I'm really glad you reached out to me and asked me to be on your podcast because I was kind of, kind of waiting. I'm like, man, when's he going to, when's he going to ask me to be on this podcast? Hey, well, hey, listen, the, <laughs> the, the, the content on this podcast, this, the, just listening to you talk about what you went through and, um, uh, and I mean, being so forthcoming with it and changing companies, being forthcoming with that, that that resonates. So I mean that that is the topic. The topic is is your life. So up to this point w- within the trade and and kind of how you got how you got here. So I mean uh, that that is the topic. So and, and I'm glad we got together and awesome. and, and did it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked me. So I'm, I'm, as you can tell, once you get me talking, I talk. So if anytime you want to do a podcast and we can sit down and talk about, you know, specific stuff or more technical stuff, I'm always open. I love, I love what you do with the, the podcast and your YouTube and your technical, you know, videos you do. Like, you know, you're one of the guys that when I did my page, like you're probably one of the first people guaranteed within the first five HVAC people I followed because, you know, you were pretty big. I think at that time you might've had maybe seven, eight, 9,000 followers. And now you got shit almost 20,000. Like, <laughs> you know, so I really respect what you do. And, and that's kind of what I want my page as, you know what I mean? is technical stuff. And, and, and real quick, we, we started the trade school page, you know, that's kind of fizzled out a little bit because I think a lot of people, you know, we had Utah Electrician, we had Palomino Plumbing, and we had Flintstone. Great group of guys, but, you know, we all have jobs and it's personalized and, I, and you know, it's hard to to take care of two pages and your family stuff. So, and I told my, I posted a video on that page a little bit ago because that's supposed to be all for technical training, whether it's electrical, plumbing, HVAC. Yeah, it was a great. Um, I told it was them, a great idea. Hopefully, you guys can keep keep it going. Yeah, and that's that's kind of. I posted a video, kind of giving an update to people, and like I totally plan on spending more time and devoting time to that page. But as of right now, it's just not in the card. So, I mean, I apologize to the people for that. I think everybody involved is doing their best, but it's a tall order. You know what I mean? It really is. So. Anyway, Gary, I really appreciate you having me on, and I hope people found this interesting and worth their drive to work because I guarantee that's what most of the people are doing. Oh yeah, windshield, on their way wind, to work, wind, windshield time chat. in between yeah. calls on the way home, maybe even banging in a furnace. The phone's sitting beside it. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, and 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 I just and it like you know any I get a lot of DMs. Sorry, Gary, but like that's people okay, you. You have no problem. I don't mind anybody asking me questions, DMing me. I get them all the time, and people are always kind of like, hey, green guy here, hopefully you don't mind answering this, or I hope I'm not bothering you, and I'm never bothered. I love I love trying to help people with their problems, too, in the field. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoy it. So if you guys ever want to talk, I'm always open. There, There you go. There you go, man. pretty uplifting conversation in my opinion and if you guys have gone through any type of struggle that Jamie has Jamie has proved to you that it can be overcome anything can be overcome if you put your mind to it and you want to get better and you want to have a better life it's really dependent on the mindset you can mentally overcome anything and obviously he had a support system around him which was very cool to have and I got to thank Jamie for getting onto the podcast and, and being so forthcoming and very honest about his life. Not a lot of people can open up like that. And I think opening up like that kind of helps. It's kind of self-therapy in a way. So I want to get Jamie back on the podcast one day and then focus on more of a HVAC-related topic because he's a pretty smart guy in the industry. So one day... In the future, we'll pick a topic and him and I will shoot the shit on that topic.
But for now, I'm out, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Happy HVACing.